0: Welcome to the Football Collective podcast, the football research podcast for debate and discussion, highlighting members of the collective, their research and all football related things in their life. We're going to continue on now with our dissection, post-examination or analysis, whatever you'd like to call it, of the World Cup. Um, As some of you know, I had the the honour of speaking to Jim O'Brien about Argentina and Argentinian, Argentinian football and what the Russia World Cup really meant for Argentina. Today we're going to be talking about the team that actually knocked them out of the World Cup though and the country that uh, arguably created the World Cup, the European Championships, the UEFA Champions League and the man who founded FIFA was actually from this country. Of course we're talking about the 2018 champions, France. And to tell us a little bit more about that, we have an expert in the field. To accompany his blog post, we have Jonathan Irvine on the podcast. How are we Jonathan?
1: Hello, doing fine Josh.
0: Um, so, first of all, before we get into the uh, the football talk, if you'd just like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your research um, and how you ended up getting into the football collective. Well,
1: I'm a lecturer in French at Bangor University in Wales, originally from Scotland, grew up in Fife. Uh, initially, my background in terms of what, like what I did for my PhD was contemporary French cinema and looking at representations of immigrant groups, looking at representations of young people from housing estates known as the banlieue. I think in my PhD years, there were a number of times where my supervisors ended up telling me, yes, you're seeing some interesting things about immigration and diversity in France, and you have a tendency to draw quite a few parallels with issues that have come up in the world of football, uh, And I ended up kind of maybe deleting some of those out of what was uh, a thesis that later became a book about French cinema. But in the years since the the PhD, I've looked at debates to do with immigration, diversity, social cohesion in France and a few other areas, notably
0: football. So we're talking about uh, social cohesion in France and um, there are some quite uh, strange similarities between the 1998 winning team and the 2018 uh, winning side uh, some of the similarities obviously that people can see just by looking in but um, as as an expert maybe in the field what, what are some of the similarities both in French society and within the squad and are there any uh, outstanding metaphors really for what's happening in France especially with the football team
1: I think that's a very good point because if you compare 1998 and 2018, there are all sorts of parallels in terms of both the sporting context of France winning the World Cup and also the wider social context and the way in which French politicians have sought to herald or... Some might say exploit the victory. So, I mean, 1998 and 2018, a key man that links the two triumphs is Didier Deschamps, captain in 1998, manager of the World Cup winners 20 years later in 2018. France, under Didier Deschamps, in the lead up to this year's tournament in Russia, faced some of the sorts of challenges and criticisms that we faced in the lead up to the 1998. Tournament because back then the then coach M.A. Jacquet was criticised by French sports daily Lequipe for being conservative, not playing a very exciting brand of football, and not and being at the head of a team that lacked a sort of clear style of play or identity that was actually going to excite people in France.
0: So. It is, it is quite interesting you say that because it seemed like there was a difference between the Euro side and the 2018 side um, in the way that instead of trying to implement their style to be a side, they, they could adapt and change uh, and dig the feet in. Um, so given that and given the way that they won it... Um, Let's talk about how France views football in in general. So there's obviously the the famous Clairefontaine, which was built in 1988. If I'm if I'm correct, um, ten years just before that World Cup win, which obviously paid dividends. But um, how does France view football, and does it does it do anything to give social change? Uh, because you've got the the legends such as Henri and Anelka, and you've got Mbappe coming through, all coming through that sort of. Uh, French style of play and French style of developing players but how is how is football used in France as a tool
1: well I think you're right to important to to focus on the importance of Claire Fontaine as the French Football Federation's national training uh, academy and you're absolutely right that a number of leading players have come through that route France and this is quite different from, say, Germany, have much more centralized national training networks. My understanding of German football is that they have more sort of regional centers, whereas France, there's much more focus on this national Academy in Clairefontaine. I think that France, there are a lot of complications and contradictions when it comes to attitudes to football, because in a lot of ways, the World Cup win suggests a country kind of maybe passionate, excited about football, but the reality is. France is a country with only about 40 professional football teams. That's less than half the number in England. On one hand, France played a big role in shaping international footballing institutions, FIFA, UEFA, uh, founding many of the leading international uh, tournaments, such as World Cup, European Championships and club tournaments. But I don't think... It would be right to say that France has always been all that passionate about football. I mean, it's at times sought to celebrate their successes, such as 1998, and say, oh, look, this is a tremendously positive metaphor for French society. In 1998, a key term was l'équipe black-blanc-beurre, a team that was composed of players who were black, like uh, French, African Caribbean uh, backgrounds, Berb, which is kind of North African origins, descendants of people from the likes of Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, and so on, and uh, people who are sort of white European French. I mean, one of the problems with that is that it's a sort of it's. I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but it's kind of simplistic and hides more complicated and problematic realities about the extent to which France is cohesive, tolerant of um, people of immigrant backgrounds and so on.
0: It has been one of the hot topics about the French side, um, saying that it's more of a win for Africa rather than France. Um, And you have had Macron coming out saying that this is completely wrong, they're all French, they all have French citizenship So what does a World Cup win for a team that's so diverse do, not only politically at home in France, but also geopolitically uh, in a global sense for for France as a country?
1: Well, the short answer is I would say that the 2018 win has been less celebrated and had much less of a sort of wider social impact than the 1998 win. Now, in part, that might be because France won the 1998 World Cup on home soil at the Stade de France, you have Zidane scoring two goals in the final against uh, Brazil and so on. Now, if you look at a survey published by the French polling organisation EFOP in Paris Match in the week after this year's World Cup final, there are all sorts of questions about things like to what extent people saw the win as a symbol of uh, unity uh, in France, uh, positive vision of the French nation and so on. Now, a lot smaller percentage of people in 2018 as opposed to 1998, saw the World Cup as a symbol of something with a kind of a positive social message to it, despite the fact that France had again won the World Cup with a very diverse team, players with all sorts of different uh, origins, uh, different uh, backgrounds. And I think it would also be fair to say that French politicians have not heralded the success of such a diverse french football team in 2018 as much as they did in 1998
0: it's very interesting and the 20 year wait that we had between 98 and this year what can you can you see anything uh, that could happen similarly within french society within the next 20 year wait maybe if it's another 20 years until france win the next world cup um, has the build-up to 2018 in the years leading up to 1998, were there any similarities in French society at all?
1: I think that it's important to understand what happened in the years before 1998 and what's happened in the years between 1998 and 2018 in both sporting and political terms. Because in some ways... This celebrating of a diverse French football team in 1998 that was representing a positive vision of the French nation and so on was a sort of response to Jean-Marie Le Pen of the Front National who said, well, you get players from different backgrounds, from minorities and so on. They don't sing the Marseillaise, they're not passionate about playing for France and so on. And in some ways, I think one of the reasons people especially in political classes, celebrated the victory of a diverse team in 1998. We're saying, look, this is a modern, tolerant French society. This is the positive impact of diversity, immigration, the the, the French uh, model of integration. And in some ways, this is kind of a way of trying to shut up uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen. However, we also need to remember that the year that France, for defending the World Cup in uh, in Asia, in Korea, and Japan in 2002. That was also the year that Jean Marie Le Pen and the Front National came second in the French presidential elections. And this was a big shock at the time. That said, you move forward to 2017, the year before this year's tournament, Marine Le Pen, Jean Marie Le Pen's daughter, represents the Front National, comes second in the French presidential election. And it isn't a surprise to anyone. And I think that kind of tells you something about the the far right really taking hold in France, being perceived as being less extreme, even if in a lot of ways you could say that's uh, a bit superficial and about kind of airbrushing rather than uh, real sort of changes in terms of ideology.
0: So that's that's another very interesting point and uh, we've got the Euros in in the next two years and then the World Cup in four years. So my final question for you, Jonathan, is um, what do you see the future of French football being um, in terms of the the diversity of the team, the makeup of the team and uh, in terms of success on the pitch as well?
1: I think that in the last few decades we've seen more and more footballers who are from the Paris area, especially the banlieue of Paris, these sort of suburban housing estates in the outskirts of Paris, uh, having key roles in the national team. A lot of football teams, wherever in France they're from, they recruit players from these areas. They have sort of detection centres or scouting networks located in Paris. Uh, so that's always going to be very uh, important. I think that one of the I think there's a bit of a sort of ongoing challenge in France for football to kind of, I don't know, achieve a degree of respectability that has taken a few significant knocks within the last decade. Because on one hand, in 1998, you could say that France started to fall in love with football, public intellectuals started talking about football a lot more than they had in the past and so on. France won the Euros in 2002, Mm. but... All of a sudden, when France underperformed fairly spectacularly in 2002 when they're defending the World Cup, people are saying, oh yeah, success has gone to players' heads, they're being too interested in their uh, advertising deals and so on. And then with the things going wrong on and off the pitch in 2010 in South Africa with Nicola Nelka being sent home for refusing to apologise for... uh, Swearing at Raymond Dominic at half time in one of the preliminary matches, and players threatened to go on strike. That kind of really had a negative impact on the public perception of football and footballers in France. And I think in tournaments since then, there's been an increasing expectation, especially from senior figures in the French Football Federation, that players need to make a real effort to not just improve on the field, but in terms of their behaviour off the field to promote a positive image of the the national team, French football, and so on. Because I think it still remains the case that in France, on one hand, you can say politicians maybe have somewhat condescending attitudes to to football, and in, in general, lack of enthusiasm. I mean, there's so many politicians in the UK a little bit of searching, you find out exactly what football team they support. So many prominent politicians in the UK, you know who their favourite football team is. Well, that's not the same in France, and I don't think it ever really has been.
0: So, um, thank you very much for your time. Um, And if anyone's listening that's interested in reading a little bit more about this, Jonathan's blog post is on the Football Collective uh, website. I'm sure that if you want to speak to him about it, it's available on Twitter. Um, so once again, Jonathan, thank you very much uh, for your time, and uh, we'll just leave again with the song that we started, um, "Ramen." Ramen la coupe à la maison. I don't know if I've got that right, uh, but the I think it was the the national song by Vega Dream for France's World Cup win. So once again, thank you very much, Jonathan. Um, goodbye.
1: <laughs>